Hey, you're listening to Clumsy Theosis, a Catholic podcast that explores topics within the Catholic faith to help us deepen our spiritual lives, own our relationship with the Lord, and strengthen His church. Hey, what's up? My name is Rochelle Lucero, and I'm the host of the Clumsy Theosis podcast. Welcome. By now, you've probably seen the title of today's episode, which is Justice and the Gift of Piety. That's right. We're going to be talking about the virtue of justice, and it's a virtue that is frequently misunderstood. Many people actually associate justice with punishment, or what I've noticed recently in movies and in shows, a lot of times when someone is speaking about justice and wanting justice and demanding justice, when you look at what these characters are actually after, a more appropriate word or more accurate word would probably be vengeance or revenge. And I'm sitting here watching these shows and these movies, and I'm like, in the words of Inigo Montoya, you keep using that word, and I don't think it means what you think it means. It might actually surprise you to learn that justice is first and foremost a matter of the heart. St. Bridget of Sweden, in fact, she said that the source of justice is not vengeance, but charity. St. Augustine, he said that justice is love serving that which they love. And then in the Summa Theologia, St. Thomas Aquinas, he basically comes to the same conclusion. And to summarize his work, and he did a lot of work on justice, this is the virtue that he spent the most time on. He basically said that the virtue of justice, it's about relationships. It's about love in action in said relationships. Specifically, he defined justice as the ability to judge or to know and to give to God and to neighbor what is their due. So a few things in this short definition. The first is that the operative word here is give. A lot of people want it to be judge, but it's not. It's to give. The second thing here is that we give to God first and then we give to our neighbor. And then the last thing I want to point out here is that he talks about giving someone what is their due. And that language is a little odd for us. And so it might be like, what what does that mean? What is their due? To really grasp what is meant here by what someone is due, we can't think with minds of this world. Because when we do that, we think someone is only due what they have earned. Okay, we can't think that way. Instead, we need to renew our minds. Like St. Paul said, we need to renew our minds so that we can think like Christ. And that's what St. Thomas Aquinas did. In fact, his anthropology of the human person is steeped in the dignity and the worth and the value of every single human person. And that dignity was not contingent and it is not contingent on what a person has done or what a person has not done. The dignity of every human person flows directly from the fact that every person was created by God in his image and likeness, all members of the body of Christ, all in relationship with God and with each other. So from that perspective, what everyone is due is respect. What everyone is due is to have their dignity upheld. Everyone is due love and everyone is also due whatever is needed in order for them to flourish. So justice is concerned with others. It's not concerned with ourselves. Justice gives all of this freely as a gift, right? Because 
gifts are given freely. They're not earned. And when we're just with others, we find that we are now going to be in right relationship with them, right? You see how for Aquinas, everything about justice has to do with being in right relationship. Being in right relationship has to do with our neighbor, but it also has to do with God, right? Because justice also tells us that we need to give God what he is due. And actually, we need to give him his due first. And what God is due is right worship. He's due honor and he's due praise, right? So think about the formula for prayer or the order of the mass or the divine liturgy. It all begins with words or songs of praise, exalting God, right? We're expressing our love for him. We're honoring him. And when we act justly towards God by worshiping him, by honoring him in our private prayer or in our public worship, like in the divine liturgy or in the mass, we are exercising one of the daughter virtues of justice, which is called the virtue of religion, right? So you exercise the virtue of religion in order to do justice to God. Now, as I say this, I realize that justice sounds very similar to the two greatest commandments, right? Because justice is about proper relationship with God and with people. And the two greatest commandments are to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind and your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself, right? That's Matthew 12, 30 and 31. See how different the actual virtue of justice is from the common misunderstanding or misconception of justice? You know, that misconception that thinks of justice as punishment or getting even or getting revenge or vengeance or anything like that, right? Justice is about proper relationship. It's about love in action in those relationships, all geared towards human flourishing and the flourishing of relationships between neighbors and between us and God. Now, I will say this. Sometimes justice might not seem like it's an act of love or that it's meant for our flourishing. And a prime example of this is purgatory, because on the surface, if you don't really understand purgatory, it is going to seem like a punishment. You know, you sinned, you did something bad, and so now you're going to be punished before you can be in God's presence. When in fact, purgatory is a cleansing process to make sure that our souls are free of any imperfections before we enter God's presence. Because An imperfect soul or a soul with any imperfections would actually not be able to stand being in the perfect presence of God. I mean, I only know earthly ways to explain this, but it would be incredibly painful for the soul to be, you know, for the imperfect soul to be in the presence of the perfect God, right? So that is God's justice. It's meant for our flourishing, you know, for the flourishing of our soul. And it's an act of love so that we can actually bear to be in his presence once our soul is cleansed. Not to go on a huge tangent, but I do know when the topic of purgatory is brought up, there are usually a lot of questions. So I do have an episode on that. The title is escaping me right now, but I will find it and I will link it down in the show notes for you. But I want to go back a second and I want to look at how we, you know, people in general, how we have misconstrued justice. I think of it in solely negative terms. All right. So walk through this with me. If you were asked to assign a symbol to identify justice, what would it be? For me, I would say like a set of scales or like a judge's gavel or something like that. And I'm betting most of you would say the same thing. And that's because most people do. When they think of justice, they think of 
especially in the United States, right? That's like one, our, our symbol. It's like a blindfolded, I guess it's a woman. I've never paid attention, holding a set of scales or, you know, a judge's gavel, something that's judicial. Well, here's the thing. Okay. Those symbols, those are typical of our civil justice system. And the problem with that is that in civil justice, we weigh and we calculate evidence, you know, cold, hard evidence. Christian justice, the virtue of justice, the justice of God, that justice sees things from the eyes of the heart, through the eyes of Christ, in order to find what is best for a person's flourishing, right? And we need to be careful not to project our worldly understanding of justice onto God, you know, onto the virtue of justice. Instead, what we should be doing is letting the virtue of justice, God's justice, influence our civil practices of justice. Lord, hear our prayer, right? There are three different types of justice, uh, particular, distributive, and commutative justice. I will not be going into them, but for the sake of full disclosure, you know, I feel that it is just to tell you that they do exist. Instead, I want to jump now to talk about the gift of piety, which we get from the Holy Spirit. Piety can get a bad rap. I feel like almost everything Catholic <laughs> gets a bad rap. Um, piety is one of those things where we think of someone that, that's just like pious in a pretentious way. You know, oh, they're holier than thou. That's not piety. Piety is a beautiful gift that helps us to see ourselves as children of God. You know, as those priests, prophets, kings, and bridegrooms that we spoke about in the Salvation History series. And Piety helps us to know how irreversibly loved we are by the Father. And because the Father loves us so purely and so perfectly and so overwhelmingly, we want to love the Father back, right? We want to honor the Father and we want to devote ourselves to Him, which in turn causes us to see our neighbors as children of God as well, right? Loved by the Father the way that we're loved by the Father. And therefore, because they are, children of God like we are, we are in relationship with them. They are our brothers and our sisters in Christ, right? That It's so amazing to me. And as I say that, do you hear the similarities about piety and how it's about relationship with our brothers and sisters in Christ and how it's about relationship with God, right? Very similar to the virtue of justice. And that's because piety helps us to grow in the virtue of justice. The gift of piety is going to help us to correctly order our relationships. It's going to order us towards God and our relationship with him, right? And then from there, it will properly order our relationships with other people. So let's commit to praying for an increase in that gift of piety because that gift of piety, we're going to be able to use that to grow and cultivate the virtue of justice, as well as to avoid pride, because pride is the enemy of justice. Pride, it hardens the heart, and it makes us self-centered, and it makes us self-concerned, where we've already learned that justice, when we practice justice, we're thinking outside of ourselves, right? We're thinking more about God, and we're thinking more about the needs of other people, and we're trying to figure out what is going to help others to flourish, right? And that gift of piety is going to help us put love into action in all of our relationships. You know, just as St. Augustine had said, justice is love serving that which they love, right? So it will be our loving service to God and to our neighbor. 
If you got something out of this episode, will you please share it with your friends on social media or by word of mouth? Get people to tune in and listen to the show. It really does support the work of Clumsy Theosis by getting the word out there. If you want to support us in other ways, you can leave a review or a rating on iTunes. Or you can make a donation since we are 100% a listener supported after all. And you'll be in great company if you do. You'll be in company with people like Don, who is our latest monthly supporter. All you have to do is head over to clumsytheosis.net and click the word donate in the menu. And you can choose if you want to do a one-time donation or a monthly contribution. It Whatever works for you. As always, if you have any questions or suggestions, you know I love to hear from you. You can hit me up online on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Clumsy Theosis. You can also find Clumsy Theosis on YouTube. We're trying to grow our YouTube channel, so head over to the Clumsy Theosis podcast YouTube channel and subscribe. I think that's it. We're talking about virtues next week. In what capacity? I'm not sure yet. You'll have to tune in to find out. All right, peace out. Thank you for tuning in to Clumsy Theosis. I'm so happy that you've been able to hang out. If you want to learn more about Clumsy Theosis, you are more than welcome to visit my website, clumsytheosis.net. From clumsytheosis.net, you will also be able to contact me if you're interested in booking me as a speaker or if you're just feeling generous and you'd like to make a donation. Remember that together we can transform the world by letting the Lord transform us.